Welcome to the PubCast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. Today I'll be talking with Angelique Presser-Tong, a writer and editor at The Kitchen and a blogger at Eat Your Greens. You are an editor for The Kitchen, um, and then you run Eat Your Greens, and you're also a grad student. So how is all of that going? Um, it's going. It's pretty difficult to sort of juggle so many different tasks, but um, I've been doing it for about two years now and figuring it out as I go. <laughs> so what initially got you interested in food and food blogging? Well, after graduating from college, I actually studied something totally unrelated. I studied film production at USC as an undergraduate. I decided, I knew I wanted to work overseas, so I uh, was accepted to the JET program in Japan and ended up teaching English in a small city in Japan for two years. And pretty much as soon as I got there, I mean, I was sort of interested in food before, but as soon as I got there, I just became completely obsessed with food, which is sort of how most Japanese people are. Like they, you know, they were taking pictures of food before the, you know, a decade before the invention of Instagram. So, and just especially because the cultural history of of food and certain recipes there is so long and interesting. Um, I just got really interested in researching the different things I was eating and ingredients and ended up starting a food blog of my own while I was over there that was just focused on Japanese food. So that's sort of what kicked off my interest. Did you grow up cooking or did you were you sort of self-taught? Pretty much self-taught. I mean, we we ate a lot. Like fam- the family dinner was pretty important for my family growing up. Um, and I'm half Thai and uh, half American. Um, my mom grew up in Thailand, but she's white American. So, you know, we things are pretty, like, focused on. It was sort of, like, half, like, American comfort food casseroles and half, like, stir fries and Thai food and stuff like that. Um, But I didn't really learn how to cook or start cooking until I went to college. Um, And then I got really serious about it in Japan just because all the familiar foods just weren't available there. Like, you couldn't just go buy pasta and pasta sauce. So that's when I started really getting into cooking and learning more about it. Um, and then after coming back, I worked as a, just again, like after cooking on my own for a few years, ended up getting a job as a private chef for a family um, for about two years. So that helped advance my skills a lot. So what brought you to the kitchen initially? Uh, well, I had been reading the site for a long time. Um, I started reading it while I was living in Japan. And then... When I came back, they, in about 2008, they had a call for writers, um, and I applied. But, and initially, there was a thought that, like, oh, well, we're hiring people now. We can't really bring you on at this moment, but we really want to bring you on some soon in the future. And then, of course, the economy collapsed, and I was like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way anyone going to be hiring writers for the internet for a while. So I just returned to my own blogging and and focusing on my own work. Um, 
Then a couple of years later, they were hiring again, and that time I applied again and ended up being hired as a freelance writer focusing on food news. So um, I did that for a couple of years. And now you're an editor? Yeah. So uh, then when I started school full-time, I started, had more of like a part-time position that, that sort of grew into being a contributing editor, which is what I am now. So a lot of people, I was looking on the site, and you're kind of all over. Um, there's a lot of mm-hmm. contributors from all over the country and the world. So is most of the editing process done online? Uh, yeah, pretty much exclusively online. Um, once a year, we have a big editorial retreat where we gather um, in Columbus, Ohio, which is where Faith Duran, the executive editor, lives. Um, and we spend about a week together because, you know, everyone on the editorial team is just all over the country, both coast. So, so that's like a, a fun time for us to get together and be able to talk in person, which we don't get to do very often. What does the collaboration process and the editing process usually look like when it's online? What we do is we use Campfire. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, uh, website, but we use Campfire to sort of be together and chatting all day, Um, but usually certain people will be responsible for editing certain pieces, and then if if we need input from others, we'll just put something in Campfire, like, hey, can you take a look at this, or whatever. And then we also, as far as planning out uh, the week of posts, we have a couple calls a week where we just uh, talk about things and figure out the shape of the week together. Do you usually, when you like decide on articles and what you're going to be writing for the week, is it a lot of the writers pitching stories to you or is it more you come up with story ideas and then hand them off? Um, It's more uh, writers pitching stories. So occasionally, you know, we have certain writers that are focused on certain topics, like specialized for wine or, you know, things like that. So in those cases, maybe if if someone has a specific idea that we want to assign, then it might get assigned to someone, but usually it's the writer's pitching ideas. And as far as your own articles, which I really enjoy, do you Thanks. sort of get a lot of inspiration from your own life? Um, how, what sort of things go into your, uh, when you come up with articles? Yeah. Um, Definitely. I mean, I do a lot of my focus is on uh, tips. So I basically mind <laughs> every tip I can possibly think of uh, and, and put it up on the site. But anytime uh, I use Evernote to just write down ideas as soon as I have them. So anytime, you know, if I'm cooking and I do something and I think like, oh, maybe this might be interesting to people, I'll immediately write it down so I don't forget. Or just small things like small weird things that I do. Like uh, a few months ago, I had a post that was about the word template that I created for grocery list that's based on the layout of my local Trader Joe's. So I just have it set up the way my Trader Joe's is set up and check off boxes as I need things. And things like that resonate with readers just because they're different and people can also relate. Definitely. That is a really smart tip. So on Eat Your Greens, what are you the sole contributor and sort of overseer of the blog? Yeah, 
So I started Eat Your Greens um, just sort of looking ahead to, well, for two reasons. First, looking ahead to the future for when I'm done with school and hopefully am uh, a registered dietitian. And, you know, just thinking about having like a counseling business in the future, it would be nice to have some sort of um, online presence already. Um, but also just as a place to write about things that maybe have already been covered by someone else on the kitchen because their archives are so extensive or just seems more appropriate for like a personal food blog. So that's, that's why I ended up starting it and, and I just run it by myself. Have you, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of differences, but just versus your work, like working alone and coming up mm-hmm. with all of the ideas versus, you know, collaborating with other people. How has that been different for you? Well, it's definitely uh, different to not have a hard deadline. <laughs> and I'm much more likely to not post when, it's, you know, there's not the expectation of five other people that, okay, well, at 7.30 on Monday, you're going to have something up. So, so in that way, you know, easier but it's also not as rigorous so I should be I should be hard on myself (laughs) it's so hard I understand (laughs) yeah do you find that you enjoy one over the other or are there any sort of benefits to working solely on one project sure um well definitely one one benefit of having your own free blog as opposed to working for like a larger website is that your readers, I think, see you as more of a person and have more of a personal connection with you. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure if you talk to anyone who writes for a major website that accepts comments, you read the comments that people leave, and sometimes they're really insensitive. And there, you, you kind of like go through waves of like, getting your feelings hurt and being like, I should just get over it. It's fine. Or just not reading them at all because you don't want to deal with it. Um, So when people sort of have more of a personal connection with you on the smaller uh, food blog or personal blog, they're just less likely to do things like that, I think, because they see you as a real person rather than an entity. So that's definitely a benefit. Do you have any tips for anyone who is starting blogging or any sort of writing online? Sure. Um, Well, definitely, I would say start your own blog and just be consistent with it and kind of treat it like a job uh, and think about, I guess, try to think about it as professionally as you can. Like if you were an editor for a bigger website, what would you write about? Like, what would you want to see? Um, I would also say if you uh, are coming up with ideas to just keep a running list and always know what the next thing is that you are going to be writing about. Um, and specifically for food blogging, photography is huge. Uh, you can't really, it, it's just hard to get ahead without having A, a, a good camera and B, skills to make food look good through styling and photography and also photo editing and photoshop so um so that's for food blogging but any any type of writing i'm sure has specific a specific skill set that you can always work on in your free time and if you already have that developed then 
when it comes to a point where you're applying for a job that actually pays, if, if you can demonstrate that you have those skills, it really makes you stand out from other applicants. Sure. What was the learning curve? I know you're talking about photography and uh, making food mm-hmm. look good. How was that for you, um, learning to do that? Well, I started when I started my food blog in Japan, I um, already was kind of practicing that because I was, I was writing recipes. Um, but it, I'd actually had to upgrade to a new camera at a certain point. And um, for me, when I started writing for the kitchen, because I was covering food news rather than recipes or things like that, the biggest learning curve was just how to write concisely and not too casually in about 200 to 300 words. Because if you're writing for a blog, people don't want to read <laughs> that much. And they don't want to read, unless it's your personal blog, they don't want to read something that's all about you. So just learning how to, to write in that style um, was definitely, it took a little while to master. Anything else that you want to say about you're working at the kitchen or working on a food blog or just anything in general? <laughs> Jobs like this, sort of, the, I think the biggest advantage that, that they have is that they really teach you to just generate content and just write. Like before writing for the kitchen, I just, it was hard for me to finish things. Like I was such a perfectionist that it would take a long time to write something and then actually publish it on my blog or even do anything with it. So so just having that, that daily deadline really forces you to finish things and to stick to a schedule. And I think that routine becomes just much more natural and makes it much more easy to write. Like my writing for school now is so much easier because I'm just so used to doing it all the time. But of course, the disadvantage is that it's easy to get burned out or... I don't know, just tired of writing things so quickly and not having time to really, like, think about them and edit them carefully. So it's just about finding a balancing act between those two things. What's uh, generally the turnaround time for articles? Well, it it really depends. Like, usually we try to have things in Friday before uh, the week that they'll go up, if that makes sense. So, uh, and and. For bigger features, like we've been doing these big party features called gatherings from the kitchen, those we start working on, you know, months in advance. So I've I've already shot the uh, the party that will be going up at the end of May. So so yeah, it depends. The bigger things usually are in earlier than just sort of the smaller posts that go up on a daily basis. Okay, I guess my last question is, do you have any favorite posts or favorite um, tip that you've written about on the kitchen? Uh, well, my in recent memory, my favorite post was one that I wrote about why your partner doesn't want to go to the farmer's market with you, which is based on my husband who hates the farmer's market. <laughs> um, and just, I've observed from friends, other other people who are kind of like, forced to go to the farmer's market, maybe because their partner loves it. <laughs> um, so, so it was fun because, you know, I like adding a little humor to things and people seem to really respond. Um, and a lot of people are like, yes, my partner hates the farmer's market too. Or 
they're the ones that hate the farmer's market and they feel bad about it. So, um, so that was a favorite one in recent memory. And then there, I mean, I've written so many tips over the years, but it's funny. There are certain ones that I still use. Like, for example, there's one reader tip that we had that, that I wrote about that's just the best way or just the simplest way to get rid of fruit flies. And I've been using it a lot lately because I've been having some issues with fruit flies. And so their tip is just to fill a small glass with apple cider vinegar and leave it on the counter. And that will attract the flies and then they drown in the vinegar. And it, it actually works. You don't have to do any special cones or weird constructed things like that. It's really simple. Yeah, I've definitely seen some weird types of like contraptions that are supposed to yeah. be yeah. to get those. <laughs> but that's nice. That's very simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I've also, uh, one uh, series that I've been doing lately is about testing tips. Because, you know, like on Pinterest, there's so many crazy tips where people are like, this is the greatest way to do, like, X, Y, Z. And so I've actually been testing them to see if they actually work. And about half the time they do, but sometimes they don't work at all. So that's that's been kind of fun because it sort of incorporates all the science labs that I've been doing in, in school. <laughs> That's great. That that sounds yeah. really fun. Yeah. Okay, well, I will let you go. Thank you so much for doing this. It was really great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been The Pubcast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.thepubcast.org.